Welcome to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. We hope that God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Mike McGowan. Good morning and welcome to Parkway Fellowship. I want to say a special welcome to the more than 50 families who visited Parkway at both our campuses last week on Easter for the very first time. So glad that you came and welcome back. Um, I, and for all of us, I want to say this, that God has something great. God has something great in store for us today as we continue the message series, Never the Same Again. Now, let me ask this. Have you ever, um, you ever been through a phase in life or a, t- a season in life where Everything that was happening just, just didn't seem to make much sense. You ever been through that phase in life when it feels like everything is working against you and you just can't understand why all this is happening? Uh, that, that situation has happened to me many times. Um, the, probably the first major time that happened to me was when I was a senior at Baylor. I was about to graduate. And in the span of a month, a whole series of things happened. Um, first off, I was trying to find a church where I could pastor while I was in seminary. And get this, I put my hat in the ring at over 100 churches. But not a single one of them wanted to take a chance on me because, you know, they just just thought I didn't have what it took to be a pastor. Yeah. Then the girl that I thought that I was going to marry ended things with me. Then, I failed my final Hebrew test, and I had, to, I had to have that class in order to graduate from Baylor. Um, and then, you know, I've been studying so hard, I remember I was driving to Dallas for an, a pastor interview that I didn't get, by the way. I was driving to Dallas, and I've been studying so hard that I fell asleep at the wheel in broad daylight. And so on I-35, I lost control. My car spun six times in the middle of the interstate until I ended rolling backwards through the dirt in the median. And when the car came to a stop and literally all the dust settled, I just remember thinking, seriously, God? Why is all this stuff happening to me? You ever been there before? Yeah. I, mean, I think we all have. And because, look, and there's many things that can put us into a tailspin. You know, an illness, a job layoff, you know, a business startup that was, you know, just can't miss, you know, but it did. <laughs> um, friends who abandon us in time of need, or you know, or when we just give and give and give and give and give in our marriage, and the other person, they just take and take and take and take and take. You know, where there was once just such love, now there's, now there's just such self-centeredness, you know? And all of that can cause us to say, seriously, God, why is this happening to me? You know, we're not the first people that have ever asked that question. You know, the disciples, the guys who followed Jesus around for three years, when Jesus was crucified, they were asking, seriously, God, why did this have to happen? Because 
They felt hopeless and confused about life after he was crucified because, look, all of their dreams of, you know, Jesus being this, you know, person that would change the world, that Jesus was going to be this great leader and they were going to be his posse, all of that came crashing down when Jesus was crucified. But then the most extraordinary thing happened. Jesus rose from the dead. And look at this. From that point forward, I'm telling you, the disciples, they were never the same again. They went from a bunch of guys who they couldn't make heads or tails of anything in life to being a group of men who literally changed the world. And did you know that this group of disciples, it was more than just the 11. I say the 11 because the 12th one, Judas, had already hung himself because of after he betrayed, betrayed Christ. But there was more than that. There was really an, an, another group of just nameless guys that were also uh, with the 11. They just weren't on that inner circle. Probably a group of 20, no more than 30 guys total. But get this. By the end of the 4th century, more than 15 million people had been converted to Christianity. And considering the fact that the known population of the Roman world was only 200 million, that means that 15% of the known Roman world had been converted to Christ. That's incredible. So what happened? What happened that these guys went from like super confused to super committed? Well, I'll tell you what happened. What happened was three separate encounters with Jesus after he rose from the dead. And it's after these three encounters, which all occur in the span of about a week, the disciples were never the same again. Now, last week we looked at the first of those encounters, the encounter with Doubting Thomas. And today, I want to look at the second of those encounters, encounter with two guys walking down a dirt road. And after they have an encounter with Jesus, they are never the same again. So go ahead and pull out your message notes if you haven't done so already. Let's start by asking this question. What do I do when I can't figure life out, when life just doesn't make any sense? What do I do? Well, the first thing that I need to do is this. I need to keep walking, but walk with Christ. I need to keep walking, but I've got to walk with Christ. Look what the Bible says about this encounter. And it's found in Luke chapter 24, beginning in verse 13. It says this. It says, now that same day. I want you to circle same day. That's important because by this, Luke means that this is the same day that Jesus was resurrected. See, Jesus was resurrected like early in the morning. And by this time, this is later in the day. It's probably about mid-afternoon, okay? Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. Okay, now look, hold on. These two guys that we're talking about, these guys were not part of the 11. Okay, these two guys are part of that nameless group who are also disciples. They just weren't chosen to be on that, in that inner circle. Now, we're going to find out the names of one of those guys in just a moment. But the other guy, we never know his name. Which, by the way, is really good for us. Because it means that God uses nameless people in history to accomplish great things just like he'll use you to accomplish something great so let's find out how verse 14 
They were talking with each other as, uh, about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, and I want you to underline this, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? <laughs> they stood there, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened here in these days? You know, basically he's telling him like, like, he's saying, where have you been? What, like under a rock? I mean, hello? That's what he's saying to him. And Jesus goes, well, what things? He asked. About Jesus of Nazareth. You know, duh. I added that part myself. But <laughs> they replied. Okay, now look, hold on. Now these two guys, now these two guys, they probably lived in Emmaus, a town about, you know, seven miles away from Jerusalem. And they, look, they'd been in Jerusalem for the, tr the, the arrest and the trial and the crucifixion of Jesus. And now, three, three days later, with their hopes dashed, they're confused, they're bewildered, they're at a loss of, you know, what to do next. And, and, and they're talking about, about it with each other. You know, they're trying to make sense of it all. You ever do that before? before you know, like when something happens that just doesn't make sense you just keep talking about it with other people hoping that the more you talk about it the more they respond the more that you can make sense of what's happening okay like that's what these guys were doing okay and then the most extraordinary thing happens Jesus comes and he starts walking with them down the road now the Bible says that God prevented them from recognizing Jesus for who he was Okay, but look, here's what I want you to notice, okay? Before Jesus shows up, these guys, they were headed back to Emmaus. Like, they were ready to throw in the towel. But when they start to walk with Jesus, the course of their lives change. And they're never the same again. Ever. Look, and I'm, I'm here to tell you, there is going to come a day, I can promise you, there's going to come a day in your life when just like these guys, something's going to go wrong, something's going to happen, and, you know, and none of it is just going to make any sense, and you're going to say, seriously, God, why is, this, why is all this happening to me? That's what's going to happen. And you will be tempted to throw in the towel. You'll be tempted to you know, go back to your former way of life. Go back to Emmaus. That's what's going to happen. But I'm telling you, if you will make a commitment that you will walk with Jesus and not walk away from Jesus, your life will never be the same again. And what do I mean by that? I mean that when those things happen, to walk with Jesus... What I mean is that you don't give up going to church. That you don't give up praying to God. That you don't push other Christians out of your life. People who love you, who can pray for you, who will talk with you, who will help you think things through and work it out with you, who really do care about you. Okay, You keep walking through life, but you keep walking with Jesus. And here's a, little, here's a little bonus that I want you to see. Um, look, when you're going through a really difficult time in life, it might seem that 
Jesus is nowhere near. But you know, God tells us another place in the Bible that he will never in, abandon us in our lives. He'll, it'll never abandon us. And look, and just like these guys, during those confusing times in your life, I can promise you, Jesus is close. You just can't see him. The pain of what you're going through might be so blinding that you don't recognize him coming close to you. But I can promise you, when it's all over, when you look back on it all, you'll see his hand and how he was guiding you and protecting you and helping you in those moments. Because he'll never leave you. He's always there right beside you. So look, make a commitment right now that no matter what happens in life, that you will keep walking with Jesus. See, that way when you're tempted, you know, to throw in the towel and walk back to Emmaus, that you've already made your decision that you're going to walk with Christ and not walk away from Christ. That's the first thing we got to do. Okay, second thing, number two is this, is that when I don't see the why, trust the who. When I don't see the why, trust the who. It continues, verse 19. It says, what things, he asked, about Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And, And what's more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women, women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. They came and told us that they'd seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him, they did not see. He, this is Jesus, said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? I get this. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Now look, I gotta tell you, if there was one conversation in the entire Bible that I wish I had been present to hear, it would have been that one. Like, that's the one that I wouldn't want to hear. I mean, to hear Jesus take the entire Old Testament and walk through every bit of it and say how all of it pointed to him, wow! I mean, that would have been incredible, right? I'm going to tell you, look, when I get to heaven, I'm going to find Cleopas, and I'm going to go like, hey man, why didn't you write that down? I mean, don't you think that would have been helpful for the rest of us? I mean, seriously, that would have been incredible. But look, here's the thing. Here's what I want you to see. These guys could not understand why Jesus had to suffer and then die. And so Jesus, literally, he takes like a two-hour walk with them down a dirt road, and he explains it all to them. Now look, obviously, I, I don't know specifically what Jesus said, but I imagine that he took every major Old Testament story and showed them how God provides salvation. I bet he talked about how 
through the story of Noah that God provided salvation for Noah and all the animals during the great flood. That how God parted the Red Sea so that he could provide salvation for Moses and the entire nation of Israel. And how God sent an angel to shut the mouths of the lions when Daniel was thrown in the lion's den so that he wouldn't be eaten. I imagine he went through every major Old Testament story and he helped them see that in every instance, get this, God didn't prevent suffering, but he provided salvation through suffering. But get this, but these guys, they were, they were so wrapped up in the, oh, but seriously, God, why is all that? They were so wrapped up in that sort of thought <laughs> that they didn't see that Jesus dying on the cross, see, they thought Jesus dying on the cross, that that was the one thing that could never happen. But they did not understand that that was the one thing that had to happen. Because when Jesus died on the cross, it was then that he provided forgiveness for you and through me through his suffering. He provided salvation through suffering. So look, here's the thing. When, when things happen in life that you don't understand, like, look, don't, don't get wrapped up in the, oh, seriously, God, you know, kind of thinking. And because look, you can ask your ask God your entire life why something happened. But get this: when you don't understand the why, trust the who. Trust God. Trust God that He's got a reason, He's got a purpose behind it all. I mean, you, you just might not know it. Look, and sometimes not everything that happens in life is God's doing. You know, divorce, abuse, you know, when someone lies in a work setting, but yet that web of lies ends up getting you fired. God didn't do any of that. But here's the thing. God is so big, and he's so powerful, and he's so amazing that he can use even those situations to accomplish his purposes in your life. Look, that's why he's God, because he's able to do that. So he's asking you just to trust him, that when you can't understand the why, trust the who. Now, let me go back to the Jesus dying on the cross part for just a moment. Because look, when he died on the cross, he died to purchase your forgiveness, my forgiveness, the forgiveness for the whole world. And he took on the punishment for your sin so that you wouldn't have to. And so he's offering his forgiveness for you today. He's offering to forgive you for everything you've ever done so that you aren't punished for it for eternity, separated from God in a place called hell. Instead, when you die, you could go spend it in heaven with God. See, here's the thing. You you don't go to heaven by being good, okay? Good deeds don't cancel out bad deeds. That's not how it works. Bad deeds have to be forgiven. And so when Jesus died on the cross, he died so that he could offer you his forgiveness. And he's offering it to you today. So look, if you've never accepted the forgiveness of Christ, there's a prayer that you can pray. It's it's in your bulletin notes on the back. If you've never prayed that prayer, and you've been thinking, especially if you've been thinking about it, pray it today. Pray it today. All right, let's wrap it up with this. Number three. Third thing that I need to do is this. Number three, 
I need to feel the burn. I need to feel, yeah, feel the burn. Look, and I'm not talking about exercise. I'm not talking about Bernie Sanders. I'm not talking about anything else that you can imagine. What I'm talking about is when God is speaking to you. Let's read so you can see it for yourself. Verse 28, it says this. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, hey, stay with us, for it's nearly evening. The day's almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, and I want you to underline this, underline what they say. They say, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Then they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. So look, they got up and they probably ran or at least jogged pretty quickly the whole seven miles back to Jerusalem because they were so excited. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and sang. And now, now listen, don't miss this. This is the 11 that says this next part, okay? They said, it's true. They're talking to the two guys. It's true. The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. That's Simon Peter. Verse 35. Then the two of them told what happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Okay, now look. That part that I had you underline where it says, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? You ever been in church, you know, listening to a sermon? You ever been in small group listening to the lesson and your heart started to burn within you? I'm not talking about the, oh, I need a Nexium sort of feeling, okay? That's That's not what we're talking about here, okay? But I'm talking about, what I'm talking about is when your heart starts to beat faster because you know that everything that's being said is talking right at you. That's that's what we're talking about. And that's that heart burning within us that these guys were talking about. So look, when you feel that burn, don't ignore it. You know, don't just sit there, you know, frozen and hope that it passes. No, look, you don't want it to pass because that's God talking to you. So when I feel that kind of a burn, what should I do? These are your bullet points, two key things. Here's the first bullet point. Here's what you should do. Number one, uh, the first bullet point is this, is that I need to tell someone. I need to tell someone. Look, when they felt the burn, They told someone, look, they got up and they ran seven miles to go tell someone. I'm not saying you need to do that. Might be healthy, but I'm not saying that's what you got to do, okay? But you do need to go and tell someone. When God's speaking to your heart, I'm telling you, one of the best things that you can do is go tell someone what God has done in your life. Why is that so important? It's so important because when you tell someone, it firms up that commitment in you before you have a chance to talk yourself out of it. And I'm telling you, when you tell someone, that kind of that, that shores up that commitment in you because then those people, then they know what you've committed to do. And just by you telling them, now there's this kind of this, this built-in 
you know, accountability thing where they know that you know and you know that they know and they can help you and they can encourage you to continue to take that step of faith, whatever it is that God's asking you to do. So look, tell someone. Tell someone in your small group. Tell, tell someone that's close to you that would be so excited for you. Tell those kinds of people what it is that God is asking you to do. Okay, second thing you gotta do is this. So you gotta make a change. I gotta make a change. Look, these guys, they didn't sit around and go, man, wasn't that a cool conversation with Jesus? Wow, that was awesome. No, they made a change in their lives. Like They went back to Jerusalem and they started telling people about Jesus and how he had risen from the dead. As far as we know, these guys never went back to their old life in Emmaus. That never happened. They made some changes. So look, when you feel that burning within you, make a change. Because look, that's God talking to you. He's saying, hey, it's time to make a change. It's time to up your game. So would you make a commitment to do that? Because look, here's, the, here's what we know from other passages in the Bible. We know that if we don't respond to God when he talks to us, when he's reaching out to us, that when we don't respond, that causes our hearts to harden and become calloused. And if we do it enough, that eventually our hearts become so calloused where we won't hear God when he's talking to us anymore. So don't let that happen. Make a change. Now I was telling, I was talking to our staff just this past week, and I was talking to them about this series. And I told him, I said, look, I want this series to be more than just an inspiring title of, you know, never the same again. Like, look, I really do. I want all of us to never be the same again. Because Jesus has risen from the dead. Look, and we need to be changed. Just like the disciples were changed, and just like the disciples, that change happens when we have a real, genuine encounter with Jesus. Look, and when life, when we get to a place in life where life just doesn't make sense, that is one of the best chances we have to take a step of faith and trust God like we've never trusted him before. So please, look, make a commitment that right now that... Whatever God asks you to do, that you'll do. That you will make a commitment to walk with Christ through this life. And that when you feel that burning within you, that you'll re you will thank him for that. God, thank you for choosing to speak to me today. And God, I trust you. I will do what you're asking me to do. Be that kind of a person. Don't be the person that just sits back and just wonders, oh, seriously, God, why? I mean, I'm not that it's not okay to say that, but to get stuck in that, that's what you can't do. You've got to walk with Christ in that. And so be the kind of person that says, okay, God, you know what? I am going to trust you. Even when all these things are happening that make me feel like I ought not trust you, I'm not going to believe them. I'm going to believe you, and I trust you, because I want my life to never be the same again. Would you make that commitment with me? Let's do that. Bow your heads. Let me pray for us all. Heavenly Father, thank you 
Thanks for these two guys walking down a dirt road and how that dirt road experience reaches through the centuries to change us today. And so I ask that you would. I ask that you would reach each one of us. God, that you would already set some places in the divine calendar where you would speak to our hearts, where our hearts would burn within us, and that we would respond to you by making whatever changes you ask. And so I tell you today, we tell you today, that whatever you ask us to do, we will do, because you're God, and you're worth following with our lives. So thank you for sending Jesus to die for us, to make all of this possible. And we ask all this in his name, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more.